Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 24, the Punchboarders talk about their recent plays, get excited for a new Kickstarter wavelength, draft their favorite stand-up moment games, and then review the new hotness of Wingspan. Hey, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. I'm Richie. And and I think Chad needs to do the uh, voice again oh, when yeah. he starts to do the... He should have done the intro, really. The he dilly. really should have, because <laughs> no, every... people are yelling for the voice. <laughs> well, hey, I, I, I got to give you props every time... You do that intro, it gets more and more exciting. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna let you have that. Besides, I don't think the Bud Light Dilly Dilly voice can be for every. No, that's true. Speaking but... of which, did you watch that Super Bowl? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't see much. Uh, yeah, nope. there aren't any Patriots fans at this table anyway, right? Uh, no, not really. Okay, okay, all right. I watched it, but I I didn't really pay attention all that much. I I don't know if you, I haven't watched the Super Bowl and. Fifteen years, I bet. Wow, I just don't. I don't know. It just doesn't ever excite me. I don't really. Didn't you go to a Super Bowl party though? Yeah, to play board games. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna assume that this party though there were other people because I I have this this great this great vision of you showing up. You know, okay, who's set to play board games? Come on, anybody? I've got some really great mid midweight euros here, <laughs> and it's all uh, football fans. Uh, so. No, oh. I got to play some some nice fun games. I played uh, Aquasphere. I got to play a little Aquasphere, all which right. was good, and then uh, finished the night off playing a little Decrypto, which Ooh. is always a fun game. So no, uh, yeah, didn't didn't uh, well. Actually, I think. Uh, at some point, it was near the end of the game, and we were setting up for Decrypto, and I was just ready to go. And uh, I was with Dan and Ryan, and at some point, they're like, well, let's watch this last minute 30 or something. And I was like, all right, let's finish up real quick so we can get on to the board games. I don't know when I became such a nerd. <laughs> I mean, in that game, that's really all you needed to watch anyways. That's so, true. Very low scoring. Once that kick, kick went through in the yeah, last few over. minutes, I was, I was done with it. But, you know, I, I will say, and we'll get on to board games. I'm sorry, people. But I like a defensive game. But even defensively, it wasn't that dynamic no. to watch. It was just like you're shutting down the other side and they're shutting down you and yeah, it was it was a boring game. Yeah, <laughs> pretty the, much. the biggest. I mean, it was really telling when I think it was either it probably was Edelman, and it was like the fourth quarter, and maybe they're like, "Oh, he got twenty-seven yards. That's the biggest play so far." <laughs> You're like, wow. Okay. So you made the right choice, Clough. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> so you played you played those games. Did you play yeah. anything else, or? Well, I've been playing a lot of Gugon lately. Ah. Uh, got the got the beautiful, beautiful Kickstarter uh, version. Uh, not that it matters, but it's nice looking. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Gugon lately, and I mean, beautiful game. I mean, it's got some wonderfully nice components. I don't even know those tiles. I don't even know what those things are made of. They're like heavy cardboard lacquered or something. I, uh, it's almost I wooden, it seemed like, but something. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. But um, And then it's got you know the pretty jade, and it's got uh, just everything about it, really nice player pieces. It's got the nice insert kind of thing where you can put the little things in and everything. And this yep. is from Game Brewer. It's a pretty pretty nice production. I mean, when I saw this production, I would say it's it's like, I mean, when you know me, 
If I if I'm looking at Deluxe, I'm looking at Ian O'Toole and Vital Lacerda from Eagle he Griffin just Games. Shoehorns Ian O'Toole into how, how whatever conversation. Seriously, how does he talk about? I wonder, like, if he's at work and he just people, random people. And, <laughs> have you ever seen this guy Ian O'Toole's art? <laughs> okay, so maybe I do. <laughs> What's the problem with that? I I would say it's on it's on that level. You know, it's it's right. kind of like setting that benchmark, which is which is nice. It's it's good. Now, since you don't really care about production, right. I'm just gonna swap my retail copy with your copy right. it's got cubes in it you'll be happy you'll be right at home with I be, I, you think i'm kidding i'd be just fine with that <laughs> right. oh, however wow. i'm gonna say to you right now uh, but I, however i'm gonna say to you right now i don't know if i'm gonna keep this game Ooh. Uh, this might hit the sell shelf and not because i don't think it's a nice design because i think they did a nice job and i really like the idea of the game of uh, the basics of it is you have a hand of cards and with their numbers one through nine and to go take an action kind of like as a worker placement spot you go to place one of these numbers out on a different spot which is what they call exchanging gifts and so you'll like put down a, a seven for instance on top of a four and then you'll get the four and that will be your next round card i like that thought process and if your number is not high enough then you have to do some different things to get it to where you get to still trigger the actions. I thought that part was really neat, and I liked that part. You're not saying you're not saying though why you why you do that gift thing. Why? What? What are you? Are you trying to tell me to talk about theme? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> he can't even do it. He can't bring himself to do it. I just think it's really interesting because it's in the uh, the Ming Dynasty era, and they didn't want any more corruption, right? So they say, "Oh, you can't bribe me anymore. You can give me a gift, and your gift has to be better than the gift I give you back." Basically, so that's how you're taking that action, which is helpful to to remember why you're doing what you're doing and how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. That's, that's, that's hard. I have to okay. teach Chad. Thanks no. for patronizing me, guys. Anyway, sorry, Anyways, Clef, you were back saying. back to, you know, it, so that's a neat mechanism. I think it's very neat, and I like that idea. The problem is then the rest of the game is pretty bland when it comes to the action spots. It's, oh, move up one spot on this track and move up one spot on this track or put a guy out on the wall. You know, there was, they're just, even the travel is very, you know, I just just kind of mundane. I mean, there's just not a lot of excitement to it when you're out there, and sometimes the tiles are, you know, whatever type of thing when you even pick them up. It just kind of got, you know, I've gotten five or six plays of this game, and it's not like this is one that I played one time and I was done with it. It just, the, the, the things got a little just mundane, I guess, is maybe it. It just didn't do enough where I felt like I was really having to work hard at what I was doing. Well, Richie, have you played it yet? No, I just got my copy in the other day and just set it up, but I haven't played it yet. See, now I think, I, I, I tend to agree with that assessment. I think that's a fair assessment. I personally think that the the mechanism of placing those cards out is still interesting to me because you can place a high card thereby blocking. It's sort of like with some dice placement games like Bora Bora and that sort of thing, thereby blocking, you know, the next thing. But he's right. There are some spots out there. So there's a there's kind of a technology scoring spot. I, I would call it a technology thing where it's like either end game points or abilities. And you kind of always want to go there. You got to do at least one or two of those for sure. So you, you got to stop there for sure right. to kind of give yourself the leg up. It seems like in my five plays or so, one of those being a solo, that you want to do the the double servant 
action on the river so that you can really cleverly combo things together because you get to count that double servant as two servants but then when you get to take servants back you get them as one which right like i said there's a lot of neat things i think in the game it just after a few plays it's like okay now i feel like you know it's just not more there's not a lot more depth in it to me after that and there's one other thing that i thought is kind of interesting where the one of the tracks that you know all you're doing is simply moving up it but at the end of the game if you did not reach the end of the house of heavenly purity or something i can't remember exactly what it's called but if you don't reach the end your score at the end of the game zero yeah, I saw that. I do really like that mechanism. Was, which I thought was was interesting. And one of the games I played, I literally, like in the last round, I thought, oh, crap, I'm barely up that thing. And I had to spend my entire net that round getting up there. But I've yet to see anybody not make it to the to the top yet. So, now, granted, obviously, you know to concentrate on that. But interesting. I wish there was a little more bang for the buck when you did, you know, arrive there. And I, I the other thing that I, I would say about it, too, is that you're you don't have as much potential for combos often, which kind of heightens the cleverness factor. You you don't have as many ways that you can find that. And I think that right. re- rewards repeated gameplay where you're like, let me see if I can draw this long combo chain together. Right. And in a game that I kind of thought a little bit compared to it is a game called uh, Zango uh, from What's Your Game. I don't know if you, you guys have played this one or not. Yep. It has the same, a little bit of the same mechanism where you're putting cards up, and if they're either higher or lower, you're then comboing a bunch of other different things. And that game, to me, is by far a much better game because it's a lot more, you know, you do start to combo, and you get to do these cool things, and you a lot of different things you're trying to me, that is what, you know, it's a much better game than what I kind of feel like Gugan is. Well, and I would say that's a heavier game, too. So, you know, it's kind of, it's, it, I think that's kind of part of it. It's- and I agree with that. You know, and I've, I've taught Gugan to a lot of people, including some maybe not, you know, heavier type of gamers. And, and most people have enjoyed it so far. So I do think it is a good game for people who like maybe a little bit lighter of a games. And it's quick. I mean, it's four rounds. It is not a long euro you know you're not going to be there for two hours and well unless you got some people with some really bad ap and it's nice game plan uh game playing um number it's one through five so you got a good you know overall i'm not going to say that it's it's the worst game ever by any links of imagination but i just don't think it's going to be able to keep on my shelf i think is really kind of what it's going to end up being so well richie i'll be anxious to see what you kind of think of it too because i i don't know where it sits yet i mean we have yet to kind of do our top 10 of last year and I'd be interested to see if it makes the tail end of that or not, but we'll have to see. But Yeah, I'm excited to play it. So that's Gugong from Andreas Stedding, who also did Hansa Teutonica, by the way. Now there's a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, what have you been playing? Uh, so I got in a few plays of Betrayal Legacy. I just wanted to see Klaus' face as I said that. Um, I'm crickets, excited. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, now, it, it is Betrayal. I, I won't get into any spoilers. So mechanism-wise, it's just like regular betrayal at House on the Hill. Okay, so Clef, I don't think this is for you. Maybe with the family, because I'll, I'll say what, and like I said, I won't get into spoilers, but you know, if you've looked into this game, this is information that is widely out there and you should know. But the game is played over, the or the campaign game is played over 13 games. There's 50 haunts within the book, and then at the end of it, you will have a house that is unique to your group, and you're, you can free play from there if you really want to. Now, I don't know if I'll be doing that, but I will say that so far we've gotten in four games, 
and it's uh, uh, myself, Jessica, Kristen, and Stefan. We're doing is so we're doing a four-player campaign game, and it's really enjoyable. I would say the story has been <laughs> the cuss face. <laughs> I'm intently listening to this with the, your eyes closed. <laughs> the story is great, and I have just realized that that's what I need in a legacy game. I don't want to play a legacy game if it's just I'm playing a mediocre game. You know. 20 plus times like uh what's the is it queensdale rise, rise of queensdale to, rise of queensdale i don't think i could ever get through that because there's no story there then i mean why we let's just play a good game overall you know what i'm saying so and like i said betrayal is not overall like my favorite game i don't own the the original i had it at one point but the story is very interesting and you start at in the year 1666 and you will create a character and then you jump 10 years every game you're jumping 10 years and you are either creating a new character most of the time though your character died in the previous round so you're it's one of their uh, relic or one of their descendants that you're basically creating and going from there but it's been extremely interesting it's been fun as far as the like I said the story goes so overall if you are even remotely interested in you know the legacy idea behind betrayal i would say go out and get it because i would say it is as far as story wise goes it's one of the better ones when it comes to legacy game uh who's the publisher on that one so it's avalon hill and uh, rob davio is the, the designer which i'll say you know as, as far as legacy games go he, he's the king there every legacy game that i've enjoyed so far he's been involved in and i think generally he makes that story an important element right. in it which i i think that's kind of what you want to want to do with that I, I i'd agree with you that's where you get sort of those emotional buttons pushed with that right well that stuff about the that stuff about the you know dying i mean does that happen for everybody basically i mean so far in our four games there has been one character that has made it to the next <sighs> round and then uh outside of that everyone has died during the haunt wow because one one of our local listeners, Gabby, is playing through this too with with another local listener, Joe, and some some friends, and they knew that I was really curious about it and invited me. I just just on a night that I couldn't do it, but just to to pay homage, I guess she named her her family the Jacobsons. But I was like, <laughs> wow, I hope they don't all die for you. <laughs> like, we're not real yeah. handy. Probably not going to survive that the was apocalypse. Like a good thing, but no, <laughs> no I don't. But have fun with that. Yeah, so this is interesting. Clef? Uh, well, I do not like Betrayal House on the Haunted Hill. And neither do top. I. Okay. But I tell you, and Chad, I mean no offense to you in this, but, you know, Richie, I trust you, okay? <laughs> well, because and, you have told me, you, you have told me usually you're like, you're going to like this game, Clef, or you're not going to like this game. Right. You're, you're usually pretty spot on. So right. if you really think this could be a game where I could, because I've been wanting to try to think something I could do to get my, you know, my wife and maybe my, you know, my older kids or maybe even my older daughter to do something where we could have some sort of a legacy game so that I could be like, hey, let's continue to play this type of thing. Okay. So I, I'm not totally against it. Well, God, I don't like Betrayal, so God, it just you, seems... You're not going to like the gameplay. You just won't. I can promise you that, because it is Betrayal. <laughs> but I think you would have fun with your family with it, possibly. Okay, well, maybe and we'll see. here's the beauty of it. At the end of it, you get to th throw it in the trash. 
So even if you dislike it, you'll get that satisfaction of throwing it away if you really want to. That was fun to throw Seafall in the trash. Okay. <laughs> I just want to note that there was a very, you know, there was an implied, whereas Chad, I do not trust. I'm just going to say that. I mean, but know that you're going to get him to play this game and then he won't trust you either. So that's, That is true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. That is oh. Not what I meant. <laughs> Well, speaking of, of playing games with your family, I'm going to tell you, Clef, I hope you're ready to pay up for this bet, whatever this bet is. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I already got two plays of Agricola in with Stephanie, and the over-under was four, so you took the- There we you, go. Yeah, you took the under, I so. still feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen to this. We set it up and played it, and I had actually set it up to to play later on and stephanie's like well let's let's just play it now and then we played through it and had a good time and steph goes you can leave it set up we i'll play it when we come when i come back home always a good sign yeah she really enjoyed it and you know i haven't played that game in quite a while but that still is one of her favorites which surprises me because it is it is a grinding hard game i think but i am coming to enjoy that even more and it's it's so for for those people who don't know Agricola is one of the earlier Uwe Rosenberg games, uh, worker placement mechanism, like most of his games, where you are trying to feed your family, your your 16th century dirt farmers, basically, and you're trying to just make enough to feed your family and get some points in the end to, to stick it out, eke it out, basically. And so it can be really brutal. But actually, I thought back, Clef, and you and I have played Antiquity, right? Do yeah, <laughs> well, not, not, I mean it's a good game, but right. oh, it's punishing. It, it's yeah. punishing, right? So if you read the at the gates of Loyang, which was the precursor to uh, to Agricola, if you read that manual, he says that he came up with that stacked vegetable, stacked wheat thing from antiquity. And so when you think about that, and kind of he had played that game first. And he's like, well, Agricola ain't punishing at all compared to that thing, you know? So, so uh, that's like a Sunday picnic yeah. <laughs> compared to antiquity. So, weren't you trying to get me to play antiquity? You're not really helping the. No, that no, cause. that was, that was Clef. That I didn't was, bother. Oh, <laughs> I okay. didn't bother. I mean, not to interrupt here, but I, I'll flat tell you right now that is the only game in my lifetime that I literally just said, I give up. Yep. I cannot <laughs> win. Not only can I not beat, you know, when we played, I couldn't beat you. I couldn't continue to play the game because I was doing so bad. Yeah, it's, right. That's punishing. So if people try to say Agricola's punishing, yeah, go play Antiquity. Well, yeah. the reason I liked that first play of Antiquity was it's so brutal that it's like a, it's almost like a co-op game. Whoever can survive yeah. the game the longest. It was almost like, well, Chad, try to do this. Maybe that will help you. Or I'll try to do this. Yeah, I was like, what can we try to do to help each other? Yeah. And we still, I, neither one of us that first game. Even came out. Anyways, well, back to Agricola. Regar regardless, there there is something to be said for Agricola. I really do feel like, and I can see why Stephanie likes it in particular, because there are plenty of good decisions to be made. And the smart thing that we don't think about, I think, is every worker space in that game is a card. And so cards get flipped over as you go. So your your choices go from really limited at first to bigger and better and better and better, where so that's not that, even though it's a, a hard choices game, it's not that intimidating because you start out with a small amount of spots. And we kind of, I think we kind of lose that or forget that. And I, I think that's a really welcoming design as opposed to some of these Lacerda games we like, you know, where, holy cow, there's a board full of iconography and stuff and I'm just overwhelmed. I don't even want to look at it, you know. So 
I understand why she likes this game, and I'm I, again. I even played online uh, on the iPad and a Agricola solo game because I was like, wow, I know I can do better than that. Because so far I'm I'm over two, but that's all right. <laughs> I'm enjoying playing more games with her, so that's been good. That's awesome. Well, hey, Chad, I hear you have a game that you're pretty excited about, and I'm excited to hear about this. You want to talk to everybody a little bit about wavelengths? <laughs> <laughs> Kickstarter corner today, we'll talk a little bit about Wavelength. Wavelength is a new, basically, party game designed by Wolfgang Varsh, Alex Haig, and Justin Vickers. So Wolfgang Varsh is uh, the guy behind the mind, right? He just won the Kinderspiel des Jahres. He's the guy behind Ganjan Clever. Let's let's get it right here. And Quacksalber von Quedlinburg. So, I mean, yeah, he's, but, had a, he's had a big last year. And right. he's coming back and bigger than ever. And I think Alex and Justin have made monikers. So, you know monikers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. so this has a design pedigree to it, folks. This is going to be an interesting party game. You, you kind of want to go to the site, to the Kickstarter site, to check it out. But I will say that what it is is they made this dial, okay? So, you have this dial. And you have a target within the dial, so kind of a colored target. And you want to spin this needle on the dial and focus it on the target. The only thing is, is that nobody can see the actual target that's in there. So this is covered up. And then as the clue giver, right, you want to give a clue. You have two opposed ends of this dial, okay? So I might have hot and cold on the dial. All right. And I I might say I'm trying to get the, the people to turn that dial to right at the area that I want them to turn it to, because I, I know where they need to turn it to. So I might say coffee. Right. And coffee could be really hot. I might say a witch's boob. Right. And that could be really could be really cold. I don't think it's a witch's boob, right? <laughs> Play, I'm trying to make it friendly. Maybe, maybe we should just strike that. I don't know. Anyway, you're trying to guess, get them to guess where along that spectrum you want them to turn the needle. So, like, is your needle, like, does it, like, fall off if you go the wrong way or something? I mean, like, I'm picturing the price is right with the little dude going up the mountain, and if you guess <laughs> too much money, he falls off the edge. <laughs> you just get points for colored wedges here, basically. So this is there's a sleeve, that plastic sleeve that covers it, basically. And then when you when you reveal it, you can kind of slide the sleeve away and see if they hit if they hit the target. I got you, I got you. So, so is this fully cooperative, or are there teams? No, it's teams, and you're getting point values right because if you look at the target there are different values to hit too so you might hit right on the target or you might hit slightly off of it you know so so basically you're kind of thinking of all those all those things um hmm. another one is that they put on it was overrated versus underrated so you know you might pick the Beatles, or you might pick, I don't know. You might pick Terraforming Mars for overrated. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, so, sorry, Chad. <laughs> you got to say sorry to a lot of people. Yeah, well, probably, right. but yeah. probably him the most. <laughs> but anyway, I think that this is going to be a great a great little party game, and it's perfect kind of for our what we're going to draft today because I can see, you know, 
that's why it's called wavelength. You're trying to get your group all on the same wavelength, and you're trying yeah, to pick you know stuff that that you might have in common with your your team. So. Well, I'll tell you right now, Wolf Game Warsh, I'm I'm gonna give a shot. To yeah. any game that yeah, he puts solid. out there, that's that's for darn sure right now, uh, including double Ganjan clever. That boy, am I bad at? That mine's coming soon. It should be here. In oh, a you're gonna get the days. actual game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yep. I've, I've been playing the app. I got to 269. How <laughs> somebody gets to 400 in that game, I don't know. It might have been just Photoshop. Well, I don't know, but they've got. Uh, anyways, I've gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very hard for me to get over 200. I yeah. Sorry, we took over your. I know, That's yeah. okay. This is this is the app, right? That we're talking about. I, I'm excited to play that too. But I'll just say, guys, uh, check out Wavelength by Wolfgang Varsh, Alex Haig, and Justin Vickers. It should be on Kickstarter for another. Oh, when this comes out, it looks like it should be on Kickstarter for another 21, 22 days. Oh, plenty of time. Nice. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Chad, for that great Kickstarter corner. I am really looking forward to that game. Ooh, well, we got called out the other day. Yes, we uh, did, and and rightly boo-boo. so, rightly yeah, so. Made a little boo boo. All yep. right. So uh, this is the Chad's amendment and retraction <laughs> section of the podcast. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll we'll just talk about the the latest one since I had a few, but uh, and my New Year's resolution is to be more accurate and not just open my mouth. So we'll just say in episode twenty three, which was last episode, we were talking about Tokyo Highway because Clef, you you had just played that, right. and I wanted to be clear, it's not a Jordan Draper design, nor is it part of the Tokyo series of games, which you had talked about in the previous right. Kickstarter corner. So right. it is published by Itten, and it's designed. Tokyo Highway is designed by Naotaka Shimamoto and Yoshiaki Tomioka. Thank you to Tabletop Together for pointing that out. I apologize, and like I said, I'll try to uh, try to back up my yeah. my information. It was definitely one of those. You know, none of us owned that game. It was one that I had just played. You know, so we'll give you a pass this time. Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah. Maybe. Right. <laughs> so let's let's get to it, fellas. It's time for our review of Wingspan. provides a gentle respite to its summer heat. As you lean back and close your eyes, you can bask in the beautiful cacophony of bird songs you hear flitting back and forth. You take a moment to pat yourself on the back for putting up those gourds to attract the family of Purple Martins. Ah, what a pleasure it is to enjoy this amazing aviary you've amassed. You are almost completely content as you watch a Clark's Nutcracker build its store of pine seeds for the winter. Almost. Except for those damn squirrels. Wingspan is a 1-5 player competitive engine building game from Stonemeyer Games, designed by Elizabeth Hargrave with art by Nat- Natalia Rojas, Ana Maria Martinez Jaramillo, and Beth Sobel. Over four rounds of this game, players are going to be taking turns placing one of their eight action cubes onto their player mats to take actions. These actions are playing a bird card from your hand into your tableau by paying the required resources, gaining food by drafting food dice from the bird feeder dice tower, laying eggs from the birds in their tableaus, 
or drawing bird cards from the deck or a pile face up. Now, as you lay these cards down into these separate tableau areas, they are going to correspond with these actions. So, for instance, the more birds that you have in the egg-laying row, the more eggs you're going to be able to lay, hence the engine-building aspect of this game. So, as you build out, you're usually trying to make either an egg-laying engine or a bird-feeding engine, things, things of that nature. Then players will score points in a few different ways. First, from the point value of the bird cards that are in their tableaus, then by achieving hidden goals on bonus cards that they have drawn in their hands, and also by achieving end-of-round goals or by having eggs on birds in their tableau, and finally by food on bird cards or tucked cards in their tableau. The player with the most points after four rounds is the winner. All right, so that is a short summary of Wingspan. Hey, you're still a little uh, a little bitter Ooh. about the squirrels. From yeah. Piedmont, I think. <laughs> you know what? Let me just tell you, I am. Okay, so you know how we've had cold weather lately? Yep. Stephanie was almost in tears the other day about all the little critters in our yard that were going to be killed maybe by, by these sub-zero temperatures that we've had passing through. She, I'm serious. She's walking. She's pacing. She's getting tears in her eyes talking to me about it. And meanwhile, there's this fat squirrel walking the fence. I mean, he has to hold his belly up to walk the fence. He's hanging upside down, getting nuts off the bird feeder. And Stephanie's like, I'm so upset. I'm so, and I'm like, really, you should be upset that you gave that squirrel diabetes by all the stuff you fed that thing. It's, it's ridiculous. We have the fattest squirrels I've ever seen. Oh my! <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to point out for anybody who's not played Wingspan, there are no squirrels no, no, in the game. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well let's let's uh, get on with the game. <laughs> let's uh, let, well let's start off where we always do: art and components. Richie, what do you? What's your thoughts on the old arts and components? It's fantastic. I would say this is one of the best produced games that we've played in a while the art's fantastic i love that all the bird cards are unique there's not any repeats right they're all no i mean those cards have the the art is is pretty much all different from what i've seen and also the let's see the the powers. some of the powers are the same but you know the way that you pay for the food and all that so technically with the combinations of the cards there's 170 different bird cards right yeah that's great the uh, the birdhouse looks really good on the table. It's not always practical as far as rolling the dice in it, but it looks fantastic. I mean, the only I, I can't really even think of something to nitpick on. Maybe the score pad. The score pad could have some color, but that's just me finding something to say negative about it. Overall, it's a fantastic production. Yeah, Chad, what, what's yours on it? I mean that that's part of that's part of this game. And Jamie usually knows how to draw people's eye and and kind of bring people into the game you know if you set this out on the table like some other games we've talked about people are going to want to know what you're playing they're going to see those pastel colored eggs that are really really beautiful they're going to see again that that bird dice tower that does catch your eye even the card tray so you have this tray that keeps your your cards in so that it's a great for storing and then the lid actually has a slot for each of the three face-up cards that you can draw from throughout the game so a lot of form and function here so well well done to to stonemeyer and i'm i am going to just echo everything here and i I will say this game even for my old euro grumpy bones here when it's on the table wow it just looks good it's it's just pretty it's fun 
I like the fact that there's little sayings on the bird cards. I mean, I think that was a nice little added touch. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, one of our games when we played, when, when one of them would like eat a bird or something, you know, we would have to read the card. We, you know, we were doing fun things with it. Just great. Looks good. The only thing that I thought Richie might say is that I think the dice are wooden. Yeah, so I, but I, found I mean, you something to nitpick on the so. amount of money it would cost to reproduce those as plastic with all those unique yeah. faces would, just wouldn't be worth it. So I'm, I will suck it up. So you're gonna, and you're I'll gonna take be it. okay with that. For wooden but. dice, actually, they feel a little bit heavier than some of the other ones we've we played with. They too, feel like so. wooden dice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, the the other thing that we haven't really talked about yet. I mean, we all know. Beth Sobel from her art on the reprint of Arboretum and from Viticulture, which we enjoy a lot. Uh, it's it's really nice. But actually, the other two women that I, I had mentioned previously, they, they're they kind of new to the board gaming scene, but they've done some nature art, I guess, the way I, is the way I understand it. And it's really beautiful renditions. And Clef, as you said, it's nice to have those and see those on the card and then see the bird power. And actually, Jamie's even included little facts under each card. So you have some predator cards where they're asking you to to tuck a card if the wingspan of the bird is a certain amount under the, the card that you have in your tableau. So, for example, if it's an owl, and then it's talking about you know that what they do as predators so or you have your other birds that that nest in other other birds nests and so they have a power that is just like their real life kind of activity uh and one other thing we didn't speak about which i just this is just a beautiful touch the player boards they like fold up like you know almost like you're pulling out a like a ledger or something that you're about Mm -hmm. to start to you know going but it's just such a nice touch which makes you have a nice you know, decent sized player board, yet it doesn't make the box have to be some huge box because you do have that fold up. I mean, amazing. Clearly really well thought out design choices. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, next, we're going to talk about just gameplay. What, what do we think about, you know, strategy, game length, th- those type of things. So, Chad, we'll start with you this time. What, what do you feel of that? The gameplay was uh, is an engine builder. I mean, it, it's basically what you what you expect from an engine builder. I'm taking these four rounds to build my engine and hopefully get something going. I I want to usually you kind of focus on probably two of the rows, whether it's eggs or and getting that food or it's drawing the cards and getting eggs is pretty strong in this game. And we'll come back to strategy probably for, in a second, but. Eggs are pretty strong because each egg is a point, and each unique bird has its own egg capacity. So you can only lay a certain amount of eggs on each on each card. But again, one of the strengths of this, and you guys can talk about it too, because I know we all here are particular about our engine builders and what we like in them. But one of the smart choices that I do just want to talk about for a second is you get eight action cubes at the beginning. Then the then the end end of round scoring occurs for the goal that we talked about. And you put out a cube as to where you were at on that. So now you have seven cubes for the next round. And then you do it again for the next round. And then you have six. And then you have five. So even though you're chaining combos together and building that engine, you don't have as many action cubes each round as it goes on. So it really balances out. And it's not one of those things that just goes on forever when you get to those later turns in the game. I call it brilliant because I agree. That, for me, for other games that have that engine building you once you start getting so many cards that's when those games really start to get into that slog and you just you know your last rounds are so long brilliant on how 
to begin the game, you have those more actions when you don't have as much, and then you get less and less and less actions. Just brilliant. Yeah, and then as far as you know, getting in that slog, this was kind of compared to Terraforming Mars a lot, which I'm, I'm starting to think that any engine-building game that's coming out is just making that comparison to get people to look at it. I would say that this is kind of closer to Race for the Galaxy. It's kind of a snappy, more... It's not really random card draw, but you do have some random card draws in there. Uh, engine-building game where you are trying to manage your resources and then get some type of quick... Uh, you know, point generator that you can just keep dinging that bell. And it's fantastic. I, I love the, the gameplay in this. I love the different strategies that you can go after. So we played a, a few games together. Every game I did something different. And, you know, the, the thing I won two games and then uh, Chad beat me by a point. I don't want to talk about that game. But <laughs> a little saucy still on that yeah, one. A little bit. <laughs> but you can, there's a lot of different strategies in here that, that keep it fresh and interesting. Well, and I think that we didn't really talk about this uh, in the rules overview, but another thing is a lot of birds that you're going to lay in your tableau, in, in addition to making those actions more efficient, are going to have a lot of them have brown powers on them. They're colored powers that are colored brown at the bottom of the card, and they trigger as you move from right to left along that tableau. So that's what you're chaining together and making more powerful, and that that's what becomes satisfying and makes the turns longer, so hence the less action cube. Yeah. And I have noticed when you play, there, there's other powers that are on there. I think they're pink. Is that the ones that then get everybody? Yep. So I have noticed if you play at higher player counts, you, you actually will get a better score because you'll be getting more stuff from every, you know, a lot of people will be chaining stuff and you'll get a lot more stuff where if you play it like a, maybe a two or a three, there's not as much of getting stuff from other people. So, but not, I don't mind that. I still think it works really well for what it's doing and, and, you know how the engine buildings work and this is another example i think it works really well this is another example uh where jamie stegmeyer favors positive interaction in games and so what he does is he gives you a card that says okay you put this card in your tableau this bird in your tableau and you will get a food and then everybody else is going to get a food including you so you're going to get two food out of this card but everybody else is going to get a food as well so you kind of weigh that balance do i want to give clef one where he's going to get berries every round because he's got something where he can use those or do I want to let Richie get in on this egg laying thing because so the the choices are made that way rather than rather than something like for instance terraforming Mars and the meteors I'm going to break your engine a little bit because it's getting too powerful no you're deciding if you're going to help your your friends make their engine a little bit more powerful and and that's kind of nice for a lot of people the same thing is that goal card that we talked about at end of rounds there are two ways to do it now there's one where the blue side which is everybody who does it gets a point each time they hit that goal or you get a first place second place third place now our group all prefers to do it the the second way with the first place second place and third place and but for those that favor that positive interaction you, everybody can sort of ding that bell as much right. as they can possibly do it better, and it's yeah. nice to have that right. choice to play the game that way Richie, you think it's i mean randomness wise i mean obviously you're you're drawing birds and it's kind of a random type of thing you've got to roll the dice that are kind of random i mean do you feel like the randomness affects the game um it doesn't bother me in this because one it, it's so fast that as far as the gameplay goes you know if there's going to be randomness in the game i want it to be a little bit quicker of a game but you have the the three face-up bird cards at all time when you go to draw a card 
you have a little bit more information than you know you would like in a San Juan or a Race for the Galaxy, one of those you know kind of random card tableau builders. So it doesn't bother me in this game. I think uh, that's enough to where that mitigates it enough for me, where I I don't really worry about it. As far as the dice rolls go, I mean there are some times where like let's say at the beginning of the game you decide to hang on to some some of the owls or birds of prey where you you need uh, to get a mouse to get that out. And if that just doesn't come up, you may be sitting on that card for a while. Then obviously you, you need to go draw more cards. But um, like I said, it, it's so snappy that it doesn't bother me. I would say the only the only thing where it can come sometimes come up, or at least I felt like it came up, is the bonus cards that you can draw. Uh, you can draw those, and a lot of birds will let you, upon playing them down, it's not a, a brown power like we spoke of that you chain together, but as soon as it's played, you get to draw two bonus cards and pick one of them. So sometimes you can luck into drawing a card that has just... is already what you've got and it amazingly fits with your with your engine that you've built and sometimes you can get two cards that have nothing that help you but for me and we can talk about this more for me the game length is such that it you, okay so you so you had that hand but you know let's let's pick it up and play it again because it, it can go quick yeah for me that's I feeling the same way you know i don't like a lot of randomness in my games but once again how the game plays it just works for me and it's not a long enough game that, you know, it's like I, I'm not investing in, you know, really, you can play a two or three player game probably in a good 45 minutes, maybe an hour in this game. I mean, it's not a long play time, but it just is satisfying. There's just something really nice and satisfying about getting that engine going and kind of working with it. And yeah, you got to deal with some randomness. Maybe the bonus card doesn't quite come or you draw cards to try to have your birds eat them and you might get ones that are bigger so you don't get to eat them. But for the most part, I don't I think the randomness just works in the game even the the food that you get you can use two food to substitute for a food that you need so you're not just like oh I never can draw a mouse so I can never do anything with this well you just have to use two other things and you get to use it and that I like maybe Feast for Odin should think about something like that for their weapons <laughs> <laughs> well, so we we kind of talked about game length. We talked about randomness. Richie, you kind of touched on strategy, but Clef, I want to know, was there any strategy that you found that you kind of had to go after every game or and if there was did it affect did it affect you or I mean, I lost every one of our games, so I may, maybe not, <laughs> but no, I I and I think I'll, I'll kind of echo what Richie said, though. I never felt like, oh, my goodness, I have to go after eggs or, oh, my goodness, I have to put out larger birds or, oh, I have to do this or I have to go after the goals. I mean, I had one of the games I hit every single one of the goals in first place or at least tied for first place. And I came in third place out of the three of us. So it's not like that's all, you know, but then Richie had one where, you know, I think he did hit those goals and then won the game or whatever. So. I just think you can go multiple different ways. I don't think you're pigeonholed into a strategy. Oh, oh, we got oh it. yeah! <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Richie? I think maybe the eggs are kind of the safe way, like making sure you have a lot of eggs at the end of the game, because that is a lot of points, especially if you get out a, a fair amount of birds. But yeah, I mean, overall, I don't think that there is necessarily a dominant strategy that I've seen so far. I've I've seen, you know, a lot of different ways of winning this game. I tell you what I've seen through through the plays that I've had of it. I think that tucking cards, a lot of times when I've been surprised about getting beat by you guys, sometimes you've 
you've been able to tuck a lot of cards and that is kind of surprising because you can if you get one of those birds out early on you can just keep doing it and whereas you use eggs for different actions so the further down a row to place a bird the further down a row to put that bird down you have to pay food costs but then you also have to start paying egg costs as well so it gets more expensive to build out further in your tableau along a certain action even though it makes that action more efficient so sometimes you you build up an egg engine but then you have to use those eggs what i have noticed though is that last round that fourth round is generally good to get some eggs out there because you're you're not going to get the food out all, all the time that's not going to do you any good for the end anyway most of the time and those eggs are going to sit out as points at the end. So most people in that fourth round are at least going to produce some eggs because it's just last last ditch effort for points. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. So with all that, how do you feel like this game is, I mean, it's variability and obviously a big thing, replayability. Chad, do you feel like this is, game's got legs or bird I feet? Think I, or bird feet. Yeah, maybe some bird feet. Oh my gosh, okay. So I think that... Most of the times I've played this game, I've played it a second time. I'll play the game and then we'll go, all right, let's play it again, you know? And again, that that is to Jamie's, obviously Elizabeth Hargrave's great design, but Jamie's design philosophy, which is let's let's enjoy building something that is your own, that feels satisfying, and then, you know, have positive player interaction. So it just feels very satisfying to play, and you just want to get one more play in and do it again. So I think that's always there. And I have played at, I haven't played at five, but I played at four, three, two, and one. So I played at most of the player counts. I don't, I don't know that I'd want to play at five just because it might be a little bit long, but it's not, it's, you know, it's splitting, splitting hairs probably, but the one even, I don't really, again, I play solo games mostly right now for the podcast just to kind of see what's out there. And this uses the Automa version that, that was developed by Morton Monrad Peterson. I think there's a different designer of the game, but originally that was designed by him. And this uses that. But the big thing for a solo game for me is not a lot of setup time, please. And this doesn't have that. It has prescribed random card actions for each thing that you're doing, and uh, it's it's nice that way too. So I think I think there's plenty here. I I do think I do think that it's ripe for an expansion, but I don't think it needs it at this moment for me. I think you know this is kind of like popcorn. You can just keep popping it in there and, and enjoying it. And what do you what do you think, Richie? Yeah, I think it's great. I think the like I said, every game that I've played so far, I've done a different strategy, and I it does not feel samey to me. You know, even though obviously you're kind of doing the same actions, but the different engines that you can build in this have been fresh for me every time that I've played so I, I, I do enjoy I think it's got great replayability like you said it would be something that easily you could expand throwing in more cards maybe making the colors of the eggs mean something you know it, it's solid as far as variability and replayability well and I think you said earlier like 170 different unique birds I mean if that's not variability I don't know what is I mean there you've got all kind of different things and you're right I feel like you're going to start each game and do something a little different like okay well this bird is you know the you know is the eating I don't know what carnivore bird I don't remember what they're called but you know so okay so I'm going to go this strategy or this one lets me do this I had one the other day that let me every time I could spend a fish and I could tuck two cards underneath it and I just got to grab them from the deck from it wasn't even out of my hand or anything and that was like man this is really good so then I went after that engine to keep making sure I had fish to feed this bird so I could keep tucking cards underneath it so 
totally different game every single time that I've played it. Even the bonus tiles, there's what, eight different choices, ten different choices? I can't remember how many of those bonus tiles are. Yeah, the end of round bonus tiles, I think there are eight so that you can have four Because they're double-sided or whatever, yeah. So, great there. I feel like this is a game that I could play multiple times, even with... And different people. I mean, we could sit down as, as heavier gamers and play this, and yet I could sit down and play this with my wife, and you know, and I think this would be a, a good experience. Which, by the way, when I taught my wife this game, literally two minutes after we finished it, she was like, "Let's play it again." So that was a good sign there too. Right. So I mean, absolutely, yeah. my my wife really enjoyed this game too. And I'll tell you, you know, she did not necessarily go after the egg laying strategy. Or the she was kind of like, oh my gosh, a Cassian's Wren! I want that. I'll get that. Look at, I got a Cassian's Wren. So not even worried about what it does, just the bird. Nope. I'm just like, get that. Just keep that. That looks great, honey. Keep that diabetic squirrel out of here. So. Well, I don't know. What do you guys think? Are we ready to kind of give our final thoughts here and give this sucker a rating? Sure. Yeah, All right, Richie, hit us up with a Punchboard Paradise rating. All right. So on Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six point scale: a one being a game that makes you miserable that you never want to play again, and a six being a game that is in your top 10 or could potentially be in your top 10 of all time let's go with clef Ooh, all right well this is i mean i really like this game i really do um so i'm sitting here i mean this is a game that a i, I don't have it yet but i i'm going to get it for one thing my wife has told me i'm going to buy this and anytime she tells me i'm going to buy a board <laughs> game i'm going to do it so it's going to be in my collection it's going to stay in my collection so that right away makes it a game that is you know a four or higher right so that's where we're at so then my next thought is is this a game that could be well first of all then i'll say could this be a game that would be in my top 10 of all time no it's not going to be there i mean it's not that game for me because of the player who i am enjoy it but it's not going to be quite there but could this big game be a top 10 for the year for me well right now i'm going to say it might be my number one so far for 2019 Oh, wow. So I feel like that has a darn good chance to be in my top 10 of the year. So I'm going five. I'm wow. going to give this a five. I I'm am impressed. really surprised. I, I, I think I really thought for quite a while, no, I'm just going to give it a four. I think four is still a good rating for this game. But I'm going to tell you right now, I like this game. And I, now part of it maybe makes it better in a way that when everybody was talking and hyping it up i was like "Eh, okay it's gonna be an okay game i'm not really all that excited about it and then when i played it i was like oh my goodness i like it a lot so that gives it a little bit but i'm just you know what i'm i'm throwing out the grumpy old euro player and i'm saying this game is fun it's enjoyable (laughs) it's got great decision making and it's got a fun engine building and it's got a right amount of time for what it does and that all adds up to a just a top-notch game for me i'm giving it a solid five not even like a squeaking out five solid Five. Okay. All right. All Chad, right. how about you? Well, for me, I kind of think of this game as the way I think of Azul from a couple of years ago now. And that is a game that is made to be really accessible to a lot of different players. Maybe Azul is, for many people, is more like a gateway-ish plus sort of game. But I just feel like I can show this game the way that, that, that Jamie and Elizabeth have laid this out it's meant to not be intimidating and fairly clear. Most of the stuff, you can teach this pretty quick and sort of say, we're going to learn what the cards do on the fly because you can do that. And that that's better for most people because it's not intimidating. You're not like what we do with some of our games and get a whole bunch of rules at once. You just, I mean, I basically laid out over our rules overview the main stuff that you need to know to teach the game. And it's, that's pretty quick. It's really accessible. It shows people what board games can do with its presence. And it's just, 
you know, it's one of those games that kind of like Azul, for people that don't play many games, I want to show this to them and be like, you got to try this. I think you're going to really like it. Here's here's what here's what I play. Here's what board games can do. And that's great because that's kind of I think that's what Jamie wants his company to be ambassador to, to the hobby. You know, he doesn't he doesn't want heavyweight games. But this that being said, we like medium to heavy euros and this still has plenty of great decisions for it. So I, I'm going to say a five as well. I can see this. I can see this sitting solidly in my in my top 10 of the year. I mean, obviously, it's it's only February, but still it's it's a really strong game. And I know that I'm going to get this out plenty of times throughout this year. I know it. So it's a five. Bring us home, Richie. All right. Well, um, I w- was not even this was not even on my radar at all. One, I'm trying not to buy as many games, so I'm just trying not to pay attention. I'm letting you guys do most of the purchasing. <laughs> How, how's that going? Yeah, it's not going well. Um, <laughs> yeah, because, I think we have a brand new game that he just bought on the right. table. Yep. Right and his New Year's resolution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a little bit of a spoiler, I, I have Wingspan on pre-order. So, <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. Uh, it is... I, I love uh, San Juan, Race for the Galaxy, and this is in that kind of same ilk. It is uh, a solid tableau builder uh, that just has so many great options. Love the theme. I, you know, Jessica, and she's starting to make me get grumpy about this too. She has sworn off any game that has wheat, silk, or stone in it where you have to collect it as a resource. Boo. That is like 80% of my collection. So <laughs> you, let, let it be known, you still do need wheat in this game, but that is true. That is true. But, <laughs> but it's about birds and it's got, it has a beautiful art. Yeah. Uh, I won't even go, go on anymore. It's a five for me as well. It's definitely going to be a top game for this year, I believe. Uh, and I would say that it may even have the potential to go up to a six, possibly. Uh, I want to see wow. what the expansions <laughs> add. Oh my. Wow. If there are any expansions. I think there's, there's an expansion already in, already the, planned, in right? the works. I think yeah. I don't, because when... Stonemeyer, when they expand a game, they usually, you know, the size expansions have really uh, taken that to an, another level for me. And Vidiculture is in my top three. So because wow. of the expansion. So, well, I have to say, I, I mean, I, I got this game because I had watched a bunch of the videos and had had heard Jamie talk about it in, in a couple of different ways and thought, you know what? If nothing else, I'm I'm getting this game and I know that that it's something Steph would probably enjoy because she likes the subject matter. But. I was I'm surprised how much we've all liked it. I mean that's that's fives across the board with the potential of moving up of a six. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that is our review. All fives for Wingspan from Stonemeyer Games and Elizabeth Hargrave. Congratulations, you put together a great game. Okay. Well, hey. Have some winners, don't we? Yes, it's time to uh, announce who won those beautiful dice trays from our man Andy England. England. Well, so first of all, yes, those those beautiful dice trays. If you haven't seen them, they're up on our Instagram page. And if you're interested, you can look at Andy's Etsy, Etsy page. page. Yeah. yeah, he's got it's called Rolling Skulls. But for now, so. we did a random gen- number generator, and the names that com- came up were Tim Vernig and Ben Maddox. So. Woo! We will be sending those to you. Uh, if you, we'll we'll get in touch with you. Basically, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. Your hit us up. So. Yeah, hit us up on uh, Twitter or email or. No, we'll hit you up. Yeah, well, something. Yeah, somebody. Well, somebody will hit somebody. I think they should have to hit us up. No, you'll get your dice trays. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, whatever. All right, congratulations. <laughs> but I, I think, I mean, I'm enjoying this giveaway stuff. I think we should give away some more stuff. I think we should. What, right, what else we it. got to give away? Well, what we have a giveaway. 
um, we have another local person here in town, and we talked a little bit about this a few episodes ago, uh, Ryan Brockman, and he has bought a 3D printer, and the guy, well, for one thing, he's retired. Um, he was in the military, and so he has nothing to do with his time except for um, <laughs> make fun, awesome things with a 3D printer. I mean, I don't, you guys, just a little bit ago, I just showed you, he made me one for Grand Austria Hotel, and I don't know if you guys have known if you played this game, but it has about a million bits in it, and you got to pour out all the bit, you know, it takes you, he has made me this beautiful dice tray um that I, boom i plop two things out and the game is ready to go i mean he is very talented so what we're gonna give away though is he has made these really cool they look like meeples but they're like little holders for your bits and pieces or whatever you yeah, know like, like resource some people bowls use, or... yeah little resource mm -hmm. bowls most some people use bowls or you just throw them there and they're all over the place these are little meeple things and they stack together really nice so we're going to give away a set of them, which I mean, I think includes two of each color or whatever. So that's what we're giving away. Wow! To one lucky listener, we'll get to get these just really cool meeple dice or not. I keep saying dice trays. They're uh, uh, just uh, resource resource bowls. I think what we should do. It's a little bit different. We appreciate everybody uh, retweeting on the on the Twitter, but. What we should do for this one is an iTunes review, if we can. I know not everybody has iTunes, but we would love to get some more iTunes reviews of the show out there. So if you would like to do this, we would be happy to enter you in the contest if you'll if you'll give us a little iTunes review. Now, I know that some of you listeners and longtime listeners have already done that. If you would just send us an email to punchboardparadise at gmail.com and let us know what your username is that, that it's under, basically, we'll, we'll consider that an entry basically yeah absolutely all right fellas time to draft some games exciting stand-up moment games all right let's do it. <laughs> all right so in punchboard paradise we like to draft our games because we want unique games for each pick and we do that through a serpentine draft. And all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. And we are going to decide who goes first through a little roll of the die. All right. Here goes. Seven. Eight. Six. Oh. You see that die. I can't yeah. see it. What's, yeah, what's going I, on? All, all I'm seeing Ten? is the soundboard. Yeah. Look right here. Pick it up. You just have to stand up. <laughs> well, if I pick it up, you're just going to say I changed it. I know. It. That was my point. That's what, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I was going to do. All right. All right. All right. So what's the draft order, Chad? Me. Yeah. Clef. Okay. Then Richie. All right. Because he's getting sassy about the dice. <laughs> all right. So we're talking about stand-up moments during now, real, games. Real quick, can we get an over-under on how many Euro games Clef is going to somehow <laughs> shoehorn into this draft? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that Grand Austria Hotel. I That's took right. that, that red <laughs> one and put him in that room. It was so exciting. When you corner the market on coal, it is amazing. <laughs> I get hot. Hey, I will tell you, in brass, if you ever get to put your building over somebody else's factory, like their iron factory or coal, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> but brass will not be on my list, all right? All right. <laughs> all right. So for my number one pick, I know it's a popular game. I'm sorry. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to say it. It's Skull King by Grandpa Beck's game, Brent Beck. This is this is so, so much fun around the table. And by the way, uh, five games for Doomsday and Ben... Maddox did a review of this game and it, it was just a recent review and he just talked about how fun it is, how primal it is, how much 
how how it's just going to always be in his top games because it's just such a great a great time and it is so when you get to those higher rounds and you bid and you're pushing your luck because you're going to go i'm not going to take any tricks this time and i've got you know i've got some pirates in my hand and i'm going to try to make sure i take no tricks in the eighth round and you do it you do it oh my gosh you stand up you do stand up and you throw down your cards and go Woo! I just did that. So I, I'm getting excited just you talking about it right now. <laughs> it's, it's that good. I, that is, yeah. I, and I'm not a big trick taker guy. I, I love know, that you, game. You have been in love with this game. Lately. I am in love with this game. I teach it to whoever can. I can teach it to. He almost taught the woman so, at Target the other day. The yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. like waiting in line for a while. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, you want to play?" <laughs> All right. So that's my number one, Skull King. All right. So this this was a tough list for me, guys. <laughs> it, it was. I'm not gonna lie. It was and, tough for me. Okay. So I, I was really worried for you, Clay. Yeah. I, I, you know, at first I'm just like, oh, I got party game, party game, blah blah blah. Okay. But I, I think I found some other things. But for my first pick, I'm gonna go with a party game. <laughs> <laughs> and but I'm gonna go with a party game because I truly believe this is, you know, this game gives you these moments. And the funny thing is, this game is sometimes can be a little bit non-exciting early in the game. But when you get to these moments, it really can be like the, oh, my God. And that's Codenames. I feel like Codenames has that moment at the, especially sometimes, like, let's say you get to the end of the game and you've got to hit four and you give your opponent a word and you know that it's nowhere close to going to be able to get to those four. But they start guessing and they get the first one right. You're like, okay. They get the second one right. You're like, okay. (laughs) They get the third one right. You're like, yes. And then they hit the wrong one. You know? <laughs> but no, you have that moment of, you know, oh my goodness, we got it, you know, type of thing. And like I said, the, the beginning part of the game, not necessarily. But, you know, in Skull King, you could say the beginning part of the game doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, stand-up excitement. What are you, you talking about? You're pounding the, the table. Well, yeah, okay. Fine. Well, the table and code names. I don't know. But you have that moment at, as the game progresses of, oh, I've got to get this many, and then it becomes that level. So for me, that's a buildup of excitement and that pressure luck of, you know, how many can you get? Okay, hey, you're going to have to give me something here, all right? No, so, I can see that. I can see that. It wouldn't be one that I would have thought of. But, yeah, I mean, like, if you if you win the game on that last round and you gave the clue Paprika 5 and you get it. I'm sticking to my guns. Right. I think that has some, right. some stand-up well, moments for me. I'll give it to you. I, I would probably say it's probably more code names duet would probably be more exciting. Well, for I me, mean, I don't know. Sure, all right, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I think this is an interesting category too, because yeah. I mean, I think a lot of cooperative games would sometimes fit this bill. So, but that being said, Richie, why don't you? Give I don't us... think you have to worry about me taking any of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's what I mean. So, so I knew Skull King would go first, uh, regardless of who got it. I, I knew that was going to go first. Now, I really thought. You were going to take a, a party game. Well, it's not necessarily a party game, but a game that you just learned recently that's also got, you know, in the same vein of Skull King, as far as the name goes, and Skull or Skull and Roses. Mm-hmm. I've only played it one time. Oh, okay. Don't I, did, get I me thought wrong. you played it more than it once. It was a fun time, but I, I guess I got to play that a few more times. But yeah, no, I, I'll give it yet, though. Okay, okay. Uh, so th- this is one that, uh, you know, in Jessica's family, it's a, a favorite. So I've played this, you know, 30, 40 times. And. In her family, especially now, this I gotta caveat this with her family. They do not like to be outbid, so the bid almost always goes up to either you're flipping all of them 
or you're flipping all but one. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it's a lot of high bidding. And then when you get up that high, I mean, just the, and I guess it's, you know, the, the tension of it, of flipping over, you know, one at a time. And also what I love is when you've put down like three discs and you have your skull in there, especially in Jessica's family, because you can bid higher, you know, bidding six, you know, let's say there's 13 out there and you bid six knowing you got a skull in there and then everyone kind of looks at you like, eh. Yeah, that's pretty high to be bidding if you actually have a skull in your pile. Uh, but yeah, I just I love the excitement of flipping over all the tiles and actually getting that point. And then also when you know you have a skull buried and you've bluffed well enough to where someone looks at you like, oh, I think Richie's safe. I'm going to go to his pile and they get hit. So skull. Yeah, that's first great. One. That is a good one because there are always lots of loud moans when somebody, you know, when, right. when you get hit, <laughs> you're like, oh. And it, this, I really like, bluffing games kind of work with, as long as, not everybody enjoys teaching these to younger kids, but man, kids really take to these kinds of games. I played this weekend, actually, when we were in Kansas City, and this girl who's like six, we played, uh, she played sitting with her mom, you know, and she and her mom would make choices together. And Stephanie was playing, you know, and she'd take the, she'd turn over the skulls, and then she'd get close, you know, she kind of put her hand over the pile that was the six-year-old's pile, and the little girl would like, she had planted, of course, a skull there, but she'd be like, mm-hmm, take that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, you know, she's just like, nice. uh-huh, nodding. So, you know, it's great. A lot, a lot of yells and moans and stuff. That's a good pick. I, I just don't know how it will be without an Alex because the only times I've played it was with Alex Wolf, and he uh, he certainly made that game even more enjoyable. So. <laughs> That's true. I tried to chant bid when we played our game, but it's not quite the same, but still a good game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so what's your next pick there, Richie? All right, so for my next one, I'm going to go with Lords of Vegas. So as far as the stand-up moment, because there's a lot of gambling in this game, or at least you should gamble in this game if you're playing it. You're, it's the Vegas theme, get into the theme. So I love you know where you don't necessarily have that much money going to someone's casino, putting it all on just a roll of the dice, and it, it can make or break you. So, and when you actually hit that and you get to take the money away from them, uh, it's fantastic. So uh, Lords of Vegas for my second pick. That's a great one. That was high <laughs> on my list too because it's not the whole game that's this way, but, man, when you have those gambling. Right. And you, a lot of these games that we're going to talk about for us because we don't play a lot of hidden roll games, but a lot of these games are going to be – those push your luck moments. And right. so that's that's a quintessential one. And I just love the way it fits into that game. Good choice. Oh, I, shoot, I think I'm out. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, gosh, I, it's, this is a tough list for me. I don't know what to tell you guys. This, this is a tough list for me. So I'm going to go with a game that um, does, I mean, for at least for me, I mean, it has a lot of you know, fun, exciting moments, and there can be some really big, exciting moments in this game. And King of Tokyo. Okay. All right. right. I mean, you've got the Yahtzee thing, you know, should I re-roll? Should I do this? And then, of course, you've always had the points of where, okay, do I go for it? And then, you know, okay, I got to roll one more fist and I can win. Or, you know, I got to, and I got to heal one more time. There's a lot of, you know, just kind of excitement for me in that type of a game. You know, sure. and I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I remember the first time I ever played this game, I had friends coming over. It was a New Year's Day. We were going to play, you know, big heavy board games all day long. And at first thing I said, well, hey, I want to show you this guy, this game first. And then like literally 10 hours later, we played nothing but King of Tokyo all day long. You know, it was just, <laughs> and it was a fun, enjoyable thing. I don't think I could ever do that again, but um, it has those moments. And so, you know, just, a, you know, rolling those dice and what are you going to roll? And 
Both of you guys are looking at me like, gosh, your picks are terrible. No, 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 I did not say that. I think that's great. Hey, play what you love. And and you know what? We play it a lot at my at my house. My, my son loves this game. He just, I mean, he's constantly looking for games where you can attack each other and have some, you know, have some randomness, roll the dice. And that this fits the bill. So I, I would just say, there you have it, listeners. If you ha- are at a meetup, if you see Clef at a con, this is what he wants to play. Play King, King of, of Tokyo, Tokyo with him. No, no, no. You, yeah, no, bring no, it. No, no, that is not what I'm saying. I was about I'm to say, saying. I think. No, no, no. <laughs> I was about to say, take note, because I think this will be the last time you ever hear King of Tokyo come out of Glass Mouth. Now, I am shocked. There is a game <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, maybe Chad will pick it. There is a game that I would have thought that you would have drafted first. I, sh- and I we'll think... talk about it at the end if it doesn't come up. Okay. But, All right. Um, we'll see. All right. Yeah. All right, Chad. Rock I think roll, I, Chad. I think I'm going to take this game. I'm, I'm going to take this game because now it's been talked about, and I think I know what you're talking about. But it's not. It's not a cooperative game. It's not a party game. That's not what you're talking about, right? It's not one of those, right? Maybe. It's okay. A, it's a party then, game. It's a party game. Okay. Then that's not what I'm thinking of. But I'm going to take it just in case. I don't play this game very much, and I'm not good at it at all. But I'm going to go with poker. Poker has stand-up moments to this game. I, I again. I think the better you are at it, the less you have stand-up moments because you can figure out the statistics of it. But sometimes when somebody has a you know a good hand or somebody gets called, you know it, it can be a it can be a, a shocker and it can be it can be a good a, a good stand-up moment. So it's on my list right now. I, got, I think I'm gonna mop the floor you with you guys well, on this list. Probably, but <laughs> Chad, I'll give you. I mean, I mean, I don't even care if even if you're a professional, if you're putting money in there to try to you know, and you've got you know, anywhere from, you know, $10 to a million dollars or whatever, depending on, you know, how high of stakes you're playing for. I don't care who you are. You're going to be excited to find out if a, if you help, you know, if whatever holds up or if you can suck out or whatever the case is. Yeah. I totally agree with you. This was going to be a pick of mine. I didn't think there was a prayer that either one of you would even think of this game because, you know, I was the professional poker player. And you guys were not. <laughs> no. Um, obviously, I didn't have very many good high moments, obviously, since I'm not a professional poker player anymore. But anyways, I- I'll give it to you. I think it's a good call. Especially right. if you're playing for real money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and that is, you know, when I actually talked about this game, uh, Dan Smith and I were talking about this and I said poker and he's like, so do you have to have play poker for money? And I said, yes. I mean, I sure I could play it just for like whatever, but it's just it's not going to be poker for me if I'm not having something on the line that I now it can be as small as, you know, five dollars or something. That's fine. But I feel like you have to have something on the line to play the game, you know, as opposed to that's the luck you're pushing. You yeah. know that that's we talked about push your luck that that money is the luck you're pushing. Otherwise, there's not much repercussion. Right. Which, of course, his his response then was, well, then if you played money, you know, Great Western Trail for money, would that be much more exciting? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some Skull King for so put a little cash on Skull King. Ooh, well, don't tell my son that because well, he, <laughs> he, he will take be you down here. Yeah, he will take he, you. He come down and crush you. All right, all right. What's your next one? I get the the turn in the river. So let's see for my third pick. I'm going to go with a little card game, a little card game with a theme that, Clef, you might like. I've heard you talk about this theme before many a time. A little card game with, with some robots, some baseball highlights 2045. That game can be a game with stand-up moments. It really can because you come down to it and you go into extra innings and you you flip a card and you hit a homer and they can't block it. They can't catch it, you know, or you've saved a card and then you get that that glove card and you and you cancel out their their hit basically right at the last minute 
It's great. I mean, I, I don't play this all the time, but Finn and I love playing this together because of those those stand up moments. So baseball highlights by Mike Fitzgerald. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. But baseball highlights sure. by Mike Fitzgerald. Uh, baseball highlights twenty four twenty forty five. All right, I'll give it to well, you. Yeah. I've never played the physical version, but I've played the app. The app's not great, but the game is good. All right. Well, it's back around to you, Clef. I've got my next one here. All right. This is this is this is stand up exciting. Okay. This I think is I know like, what you're talking about. This is like, oh my goodness. I mean, you know, just crazy excitement. <laughs> and that's raw. Shut up. Okay. No. I mean, there's that point where. Oh my God! Is he gonna? There's another red coming. Should I take the auction? Or if you're like the last person and you're drawing a bunch of time, I I struggled with this list. I wanted to tell you. So I say raw. You're you're really there's. He's ready. I've never stood up. I'm gonna give it to him. I'm gonna give it to him because he's like about ready to stand up right now. But I just. And next time we play raw, I want I want Clef standing up going raw baby raw. <laughs> I I mean I guess sometimes you'd be can... the worst draft list ever. <laughs> I guess sometimes you get into the you know raw raw. You're, yeah, okay, you're chanting, yeah. But... You're, you know, and then I'll be honest you want with it you. To come, if you're if you're out, you want mm-hmm. it to come, so you're like rooting mm-hmm. for it to come. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the majority of the time in raw, I don't think I've ever stood up in raw as a thing. <laughs> Even when I start ch- chanting raw, I'm not standing up. I've never even heard you chant raw. Okay. And I usually don't chant raw either, no. <laughs> I love I love Richie just sitting there. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Fine. Move on. Richie, you're up. I suppose we have to thank our local listeners, Jake and Jordan, uh, that you know suggested us doing this this, uh, this list. <laughs> you wanted entertainment, folks? <laughs> All right. So for my third pick, I'm going to take survive escape from atlantis <laughs> okay so <laughs> and with this one um you know kind of like in kind of like in raw where okay okay where, <laughs> i'm listening <laughs> where and in this game you have the you know like a big island in the middle of the uh, board and you have a bunch of your little people and there are sharks and if you have the expansion there's a giant octopus and different things like that but you're trying to get your people off of the island before their little tile goes away before because it's sinking and you're trying to get them to safety so in this game you every everyone else on their turn you know outside of you know also moving their people they can also try to kill your survivors that you have on boats and so, like I said, in Raw, you know, where you're mm-hmm. chanting Raw, Raw, okay. Raw, yeah, you're yeah. usually chanting for the shark to come up on the die and so that you can go and kill the, the different people. And usually at some point, you know, as you get later in the game, there's one boat that's kind of inching towards one of the, the islands. And everyone, everyone else that does not have a survivor on there is just trying to take out that boat. And when you finally get that shark onto that boat and you kill everyone there or you get the whale that breaks up the boat, you know, that's where you get your stand-up moment and your excitement of killing the other players' survivors. It sounds good to me. That, <laughs> I felt good. That sounds like a Richie game, too. I, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought of that, but, yeah, my son likes this, too. My son likes that yeah, game. Yeah, it's a solid family weight game. So, And, and that's Survive, uh, Escape from Atlantis by Julian Cortland Smith, and the latest print is from Stronghold, Stronghold Games. Yep. Yeah, they did a, a really nice like 20th anniversary print of that. 
And for my last pick, I'm going to go with Panic on Wall Street. Have either one of you played this one? No, but I know of it, and I, w- I was thinking you were going to pick that game. Yeah, I knew I knew it was safe that I could save it towards the end, but um, I've played, I've listened to Panic at the Disco. Does that count? <laughs> nope. No, you could have that playing in the background oh, when you okay, play just, this game. Just though. checking. No, I, I've never even heard of this game. Okay, so in this game, you have you have two uh, groups basically. You have your managers who will have portfolios and they'll have stocks that they're selling, and then you have your investors. And at the end of the game, there will be you know whoever is the richest manager is the winner on that side and then whoever is the richest investor is the winner so you'll have two winners in the game but the way that it works is that the managers have these different stocks that they bid on at the beginning of each round and then when you go to the kind of the active round or active part of the round you have two minutes and then that's where you just start yelling at everybody trying to buy the different stocks from the uh, managers and you all have a token all the investors have a token that marks their bank so when you when you make a deal with the manager as far as the price on that stock that you want to pay you give them your little token now you can pay you can try to make some type of agreement where you lock down that stock and if that's the case they turn your token over and there's a little lockdown uh, symbol there that just shows that they can't kick you off of there if you don't lock it down, a lot of managers don't want to, want to lock down the stock because other people can come in and outbid you there, and they'll just throw your token back. So it's a it's a lot of yelling, a lot of excitement as far as making sure that you're paying attention to where you have your bids at, and then also if you get kicked off, because a lot of, <laughs> a lot of times in this game people will just throw the token at you, and then all of a sudden you, you get to the end of the round, you think you've done pretty well, and then all of a sudden. You, all your tokens are just sitting in front of you because they were all outbid and just thrown back to you. So you really got to pay attention to all that. And then the stocks will fluctuate and you keep doing that. And uh, you play a few rounds and at the end, you know, whoever has the most money on both sides is the winner. But that two minute uh, time frame where you're just yelling and throwing things all around is a solid, exciting game. I, I would love to play this game sometime. I, I know that, uh, that this kind of, breaks Clef's rule of uh it's kind of like pit in some ways but kind of a little bit and i, I guess i've never played pit yeah. i don't know if it's don't <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to play this <laughs> from from the back of the room i swear this is like this is like games with statler and waldorf <laughs> it was horrible i hated it <laughs> uh this one's out of print but i do have my copy still so we'll have to next big event because we'll, it plays up to 11 so mm-hmm. you can have 11 people playing. Yeah, so. I'm down. Let's we'll do that. Yeah, Probably a good con game, too. Yeah, huh? That'd be a good yeah, con game. Yeah, it'd be a solid con game. All right, Clef. Your next Give us a thrilling, good one, then. <laughs> exciting game. I, I don't know. I feel like whatever I say is is not. I, I don't play stand-up, <laughs> you know, games. You're not surprising anyone by that statement. Um, I know. We know. So, oh, but to be fair, real quick, I just want to say oh. that Panic on Wall Street was designed by Britton Roney, if you're looking for it, and Marabunta Games, I think, was the last publisher. So, Britton Roney and Marabunta Games. But, Clef, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, is is Skull King by a different publisher? Can I take the Smith <laughs> Spiele? You can take the yeah. Smith Yes, but it's by the same designer, though. Yeah. The oh, darn. Uh, oh, the Skull King with the expansion. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, right, well, oh, oh heck right. is the original game. You could take that. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, well, this is the game that I'm going to go with, and I, it's it's the best thing I could come up with. Sure, I could pick a party game. Sure, you know, like I mean, 
even something like Time's Up or something, you know, you have moments. But I don't know if I really find those to be stand-up exciting moments. They're more funnier moments or, you know, type of thing. So I, I, I just can't pick that. So the game that I'm going to go with is Twilight Imperium. All right, Chad, what do you got for your uh, your last? <laughs> All right, well, because I, I mean, that's okay, fine. there's dice I'm rolls, right? To, yes, okay. <laughs> I don't play this game very much anymore, but when we used to, we used to play this game like at least like once a month, okay. And like I said, we you know like last episode when I talked about we 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 you know made a lazy Susan that we put the board on, and we had this battle board, and so whenever you would have a big battle. It would be, you would, everybody get up, you'd go over to the battle board, we'd put all the ships on there, and then there'd be, you know, just rolling, and people would be playing cards. So there was definitely some, you know, stand-up excitement in sure. the game. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've got, Chad. Well, no, so I, I, <laughs> I think that this is, a, this is a game that you would find on other people's lists. So I, I think that's a fair game. And, and, you know, I have played it once, but... I can see that. I, I I can see that in the gameplay, and I uh, I I think it's a great pick. Uh, I, it's by Christian Peterson and Fantasy Flight. So there you go. Twilight Imperium, third, fourth. Do you have a preference on the edition? Uh, I, I well, no. Okay. So I, I, they're any both, edition, they're both good. Third or you know, fourth. I mean, I think fourth, you know, improved some things, but then some other things I liked better about three. So no, not at all. But there we go. So thank you, Chad. <laughs> I was about to say I the one time that I played, I did have that. I had the I don't that you remember the where faction? You're a bomb. You're yeah, my mothership a is a yeah a nuke, and I was trying to get at your son Mason's because uh, he had all of his ships on one tile, and that became my whole game. <laughs> I, spent, I like for the whole six hours, my whole plan was just to get my mothership over there. Put it on that tile and then watch him destroy it. And Make then, Mason blow cry. Up. Make but Mason course, cry. And then I Chad, messed it up. Chad for you. got in the way. Yeah. Completely, just completely oblivious. I mean, it was basically the board game equivalent. Like, oh hey guys, you having a surprise party? Oh, a surprise! And that would yeah, have was... been a stand-up moment for sure. There you go. There you go. I think it was a stand-up and throw something at Chad moment. Yes, what that uh, that's what it be. ended up being. Yes. <laughs> All right, Chad, finish us off. <laughs> All right, so this one may surprise you because I don't own this game, but really the reason is the primarily the cost. Because we would play this all the time at my at my house if if I had the space and the money to to do so. But that game that has stand up moments is Crocodile. I mean, I don't. Some people are going to argue whether that's a board game, whether it's not, whatever. It's it's a tabletop game. It is on a tabletop. So I think if you... He's at Yeah. I know how he feels about Crokinole. It's, it's, it's on my list. Oh, wow. Okay. You, you okay. really did have I'm trouble surprised. with this list. You, <laughs> yes, you, you put yes, I on there. I, think, uh, I think half this list is Dan telling me, hey, write this game down. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> is a, is a, definitely a stand-up game. Some of the shots you make when you can knock somebody out and then just settle right in that hold. And oh, my gosh. There are some... You know, I mean, you're high fiving each other if you're on teams. No, no question. This is a whether you want to dilly about or dicker about whether it's a game or not or a board game or a whatever. No, it's it's a, a, a stand up game. game. Yeah, it is a game. Although yeah. technically, it's like a dexterity. You can't leave. You got to leave a cheek. Yeah, you got to leave, leave a cheek, cheek down. down. Yeah. So, so I, so maybe it's a pick up your chair and keep your cheek on the chair. <laughs> there you go. Game. You I know, mean, it's it's not happy salmon. I mean, come on now, it's, it's, it's a game. No, I'm I'm I'll give you that one. Okay. All right. So 
that's that's it. That is our that is our draft. Oh my goodness! All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Clef, tell them how we're gonna get on. You're gonna figure out the poll thing, and we're gonna get on the get on okay, the board game. Okay, so D. well, we're gonna definitely put that on our guild at three two two seven. We're gonna put up a poll. So we're gonna put some games that Chad said. We're gonna put some games that I said, and then you can go vote for Richie. So, um, <laughs> but we want to know. I mean, obviously, some of this list is pretty crazy. We want to know what your stand-up moment games are too. I think we'll get a really good, a really good smattering from yeah. from our, yeah. our listeners. So and, please leave some comments for those. Yeah, and leave some comments if you think I was wrong about some of my picks. Now, Time's Up was the <laughs> the game that I yeah. thought you would have picked. Like I said, I really thought about it, and I just was like, I just don't feel stand up moments. Because you remember Funny origins? moments? Yeah, but it was still yeah. more. They're more. I don't know. It, it's okay. more. I was yeah, and that's the way I thought of it. I was more laughing moments because like I just really right. wanted to see you do like nude descending a staircase for the <laughs> <Right>. third time. <laughs> but when someone finally gets it, yeah. you do have that excitement. Yeah, that's mm. true. That's also, true. another one I thought you were going to pick possibly was Port Royal. When you when you're flipping mm. out and you're going for like four or five yeah. ships, it's another. Yeah. I, I was thinking that too. It's another push your luck right, game. Push your but luck. But it, it is not. Uh, I don't think of it as stand up moment. But uh, on Clef's list, it would probably be so. There was a few other things that I had written down. Um, Avalon, mm-hmm. like yeah, when yeah, you yeah. find out somebody's a traitor, you mm-hmm. know, and right. you did, thought that they were good and on your team the whole time, or vice versa, and yeah. you're like, I can't believe you were a traitor. You know that. Um, I had that written down. Me too. Um, the the dice game, if you've ever played, I think pe- some people call it Farkle, some people call it 10,000, where you're rolling the dice and just trying to score. Mm-hmm. Um, not, too, not too long ago, for some reason, it was like end of the night just for something to do, and it was my two boys and Dan and me. And my youngest son, Devin, was behind by like 4,000 points. And if you know that, I mean, that's a lot of points in the game. And he... But the game was over. Somebody had already gone over 10,000. So he had to just continue to roll. He rolled like eight times in a row. Got to, you know, because all he kept rolling the good stuff and got to pick it up and eventually won the game, which is just unheard of. So that was, you know, I was like, okay, that yeah. could be. But I just don't play it often enough. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. I think we broke Clef with this least. I know. Farkle. Yeah, I know. He'll <laughs> <laughs> get back oh to the real Clef what, tomorrow, what, maybe. Can, can, hey, can the next time, can we draft like best what's your game games or something? <laughs> Well, I, I, again, listeners, please uh, leave some comments because, I mean, there are some great ones that I think we left off. I just have never played them. Stuff like Strike, stuff like Battlestar Galactica, probably, you know, those I, I haven't gotten to play them. So anyway, that was our list for the draft. We got one more thing. We're going to play a game. What? There's more? Yeah. There's more. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. All right. So we're going to play a game. It's a real simple game. Uh, this is actually an homage to... Uh, a friend of mine who used to do a board game podcast, Rich Summer, used to have a podcast. Rich Summer, great actor, did uh, some voiceover stuff for Mice and Men. He's been on Mad Men. He used to have a podcast called Cardboard, and it was a uh, call-in show, too. Anyway, he he uh, played Win-Lose Banana for fun at the end of one of his uh, podcasts. And I thought, there's three of us. This is a three-player game only. This is perfect. So I don't like bananas, though. Oh, okay. Well, how do you not like bananas? I don't know. I just you don't don't like like banana bread. No. Oh wow. I don't know. All right. Well, you can pretend it's whatever fruit you want, but you're gonna have to say banana, right? So here's the deal. I got three cards here, and written on them, they're just random cards. Written on them is win, lose, and banana. We're gonna shuffle these up. We pass them out. 
you will look at your cards. The person who has the one that says win on it, they will show it and say, hey, I'm the winner. And then the two other people who have lose or banana will both try to convince the winner that they have the banana card. And basically, if the winner picks the person with the banana card, both the winner and the banana person get a point. If the they pick the person with the loser card, the loser gets a point, and that's it. All right? So we're going to play best to, first to three points. All right? It's just a just a good old silly bluffing game. Ready? Sure. Here we go. All right. Shuffling them up. I'm winning. I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's your card. Your card. Remember, you keep it face down unless you have the win card. And I have it. All right. Ooh. I have the win card. Well, All he right. doesn't even like bananas, which that's is true. odd. <laughs> but that's why I got the oh. banana card, because oh. I don't like bananas. <laughs> that absolutely makes A no sense. Mine clearly of... says banana. <laughs> what does yours say, Richie? Banana. No, and banana. I want to talk about all my favorite banana dishes. <laughs> banana pancakes. Banana bread, I already said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this. All right, this is really rough because this is my first. I, I could just, by default, have a really hard time trusting Richie. So, I mean, because he, he is always devious. Chad, look into my eyes. <sighs> I have the banana card. Chad, look in my eyes. I, 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 I do not have to try that hard. I do have the banana card. All right, I'm going to go with Richie. Loser! <laughs> oh, why? I <laughs> told you I had the banana card! Oh, <laughs> All right, so point for Richie. Oh, boy, uh, boy. Right. Oh. I should have listened to my instincts. But I'm telling you, people who are listening, when he looks right at you, and he just <laughs> stares oh, into your soul. So Richie's eyes are more alluring than <laughs> yes, mine? Yes, I'm sorry. All right. I got the win. Okay. Right here, buddy. <laughs> right here. You uh, got yeah. the banana. You, uh, you're not as convincing this time. <laughs> I know. He's like giving you the Richie, thumb. Richie, you like, need my eyes again. Here don't forget, he Take was he won that best actor trophy uh, in high school. That is true. Yeah. I have heard that a few times. Banana. I have the banana card. <laughs> the way he's saying that. No, I like the way Don't look at Chad. Chad hasn't even said anything, and I'm leaning towards selecting him. <laughs> I don't even have to. I'm going to let I, him. I think I could have him. the banana card every time, and I would never get picked. <laughs> it does not matter. <laughs> Only way I'm going to win this game is by getting the win card. Otherwise, <laughs> I lose. I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't go with Clef because, I mean, clearly he's... he's lie! Thumb. You lie! <laughs> you lie, you lie, okay. you lie! Oh, my gosh. All right, Clef, I'm going with you. Thank you, buddy. Banana. Oh, oh. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, that's two points for me. You're, okay, this was a bad idea to play the game with Richie. <laughs> yeah, I should have got somebody else. Okay. I got a point. I just wanted <laughs> yeah. to be knowing. Okay, okay. I thought I was going to get shut out. I do not know if this makes good radio. <laughs> Winner! All right. Ooh. I got the banana card. All right. I'm just Chad's gonna... got it. All right. There you go. <laughs> you got the banana card? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, the first person to say I got the banana card I'm going with. I'm not even going to wait. If I would have known that's what I, I was ready to, I was going to give you the deep stare. But next time it might not. <laughs> I was working on the deep stare. All right. So two, two, one. one right? Yep. Yep. And I even brought the game. We're going oh, to three, right? right? Here we go. All right. Here, here it is. Go. Somebody's going to win this round. All right. Possibly. We can do this. We can do this. I have the banana card. Uh, he does not have the... Ba I have the banana card. I have the banana card. I have the banana card. I'm I have the banana card. Oh, God, guys, this is not. it. No, this seriously. Is it. You, Clef. Clef, I want to help card. you win. Clef, 
I'm going to help you win. So hold on. If Richie has the banana Yo, card. If he selects me as the banana card, we, and we win together? Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah. You guys oh, could just, have a shared win. Then just pick me. We'll have a shared win. No, Clef, Clef, do not, do not pick him. I don't play co-op. Okay. Chad, you've got the banana. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, I don't know why I said that. Yep. <laughs> He's not going to want to do a like, shared victory. You're not telling me the truth right there. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, I guess you'll have to tell us if that made good radio or not, because it sure didn't make for fun here. <laughs> but guess what? It was a stand-up moment right there. <laughs> yeah. So... Thank you very much for listening. If you guys ever want to contact us, you know you can get to our guild at BoardGameGeek3227, like we mentioned. You can shoot us an email. If you have questions, punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can contact us on Twitter, at punchboarders, or our Facebook groups, which are Punchboard Paradise, or Instagram, which is also Punchboard Paradise. Okay, so that's great. So, well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, next time, we're going to review a new hot game that's coming out and uh you're just gonna have to wait and see what it is yeah i mean it's it's hot it's really hot molten hot like i don't know how Sur- surface of the sun hot like yeah if we were playing hot. wavelength if we were playing wavelength it would be that like, would be how hot yeah, it is yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> i feel like richie's gonna cut 90 percent right. of this out all right everybody <laughs> so have a great great time thanks for listening good night everybody thanks for listening <laughs>